JD talking sports, and today we're not in the office. I have a whole apartment to myself. Michigan is out. JD talking sports, a lot of social distancing right now. All right. So, did just did a workout with Gumbo Chef, and then I had to stay out of the apartment. So I walked, and I walked more than I wanted to, but I did it. Got out. Feel good. No, what I just read about the British Open is not happening. But first, I want to talk about some good stuff, some interesting stuff. Joey Bumbles will not stop sending me pictures of a naked black man with a very large penis. I said, I, I said, I can't, I can't do this. Then my cousin Al told me he's a deceased porn star with a schmeckle the size of your forearm. His name is Wood. He died in 2009. His name was actually Wardy Joubert III. He was born August 30th, 1971 in San Francisco. His stepmother came into his life when he was a scrawny 14-year-old after she started dating his widowed father. Wardy's mom, Vera, died from Hodgkin's lymphoma when he was 11. They thought his uh, nickname, Wood, was rooted into a sexual innuendo. His stepmom told me that Wardy got that moniker as a kid playing baseball. When that lanky kid hit puberty, he bulked up seemingly overnight and used his stout frame and athletic ability to become a football star in school, little girl pro playing briefly with the Saints and arena football leagues like the New England Football League. He would go like my, he goes, he would go pitbull, he would go be like pitbull. My dream is to suit up just one more time and go on that field. I don't care if I blow on my knees for the rest of my life. I just want to suit up one more time. His former girlfriend, Heather Allegria, whom he affectionately called Pitbull, told me over the phone. Sorry about that. He's able to use his love of the game to work with a special football camp that does youth outreach and training. He's father of two and a deacon at the St. Paul Tabernacle Baptist Church. Uh, he would regularly provide food for the homeless. He was quick to help someone in need. His uh, Herculean, Herculean figure and warm personality made him a staple in his community. They talked about his smile, his sense of humor, how he made everyone feel like a friend. Uh, Wardy was a huge Giants fan, enjoyed rocking a G-string from time to time and can imitate people's voices to a T. He became the unwitting star of thousands upon thousands of these bait-and-switch prank uh, texts. It wasn't news to Allegria or even to Joe Bear that nude photos of their beloved Wardy are floating around the internet. The image had been making the rounds on 4chan and Reddit since 2012 per Know Your Meme. They've been haunted by that particular image for years, even before Wardy's death. They just didn't hadn't realized that it had resurged once again tied to uh, coronavirus. So I could read more about him, but I just wanted to give him a name with the face piece. I was like, dude, why do you keep sending me this damn picture? Why? Why? And I loathe Brian Adams. I just want to talk about that. And I love Linda. She wanted to know what I was talking about. Eli, I said, if Eli had been a Jet, he would have been the greatest player in franchise history. They would have been like Joe, who, talk about Joe Namath. And Rhonda didn't know what a CBA was. That's a collective bargaining agreement. I have to explain myself sometimes. She said she likes to listen to this when I walk Zeus, her dog, which is nice. She said, I'm a funny man. Now I know about the greatest loser, Westworld, how you feel about naked workouts. I'm, like, yeah, I'm not a fan of naked workouts. And now Hooch got its name. Oh, and she said, it's like a dog on a bone, like white on rice, and you were right, like a bee after honey. I guess that's I was. So she don't understand Eli Manning, so I brought that answer to that for her, and she said the answer to yesterday's trivia question was Drew Brees, and I said, no, that's wrong. The question was, who is the most 
touchdown passes of a quarterback, 5'11". I'll give the answer later, but Drew Brees was six foot. And, and you know what? I, I talk about Sam Adams. I want to show people that they matter in my life, but I don't drink and certainly don't like beer. So am I just supposed to make a phone call to tell my love? Because that's what I feel like I have to do. I don't feel like I need an alcoholic beverage to toast to someone to show them how much I love them. I feel like I should just be, you know, call them up. Talk to Bill today. Talk to Isabel today. It was nice. Gumbo Chef, always great workouts. Now, this was interesting. I read this on MMQB. This guy named uh, Barskin said, if the season were to be canceled, what would be the 2020 draft order be based upon? And so they asked because, you know, what if there's no NFL season coming up? And he went back to one pro sports season that was completely wiped out, the 2004-2005 NHL season. For his 2005 draft, NHL put the entire league into a weighted lottery based on playoff appearances in the 2001-2002 season, 2002-2003 season, and the 2003-2004 seasons. And the first overall picks in the four previous drafts. Teams that had no playoff appearances or first overall picks in that period got three lottery balls. Teams that had one playoff appearance or first pick in that period got two balls. Everyone else got one ball. 48 balls went in, and the first rounds were drawn. And from there, it was a snake draft with order reversing each round. So the Penguins wound up with the first pick after getting the second pick the year before. So the number two pick in 2004 was Evgeny Malkin. In 2005, the first pick of the draft was Sid, Cindy. I'm sorry, Sidney Crosby. So that's two Hall of Famers and the foundation for three Stanley Cups. So they stepped in shit. So that's interesting. So they put everything, would they do the same? So that means, so if the season's wiped out this year, that means that the, shit, who was the number one pick in the draft? Oh, the Bengals. The Bengals have a shot at getting two number one picks two years in a row. Kind of scary. And then Eric Reed called for the invalidation of the NFL's new collective bargaining agreement, CBA, earlier this week. They responded by calling Reed's claims completely false, according to Mike Florio of the Pro Football Talk. His issues with the CBA centers around a change in language from the time the players voted on the deal to the language posted on the Players Association website after passage of the agreement. And Reed's attorneys uh, zeroed in a section regarding the league's disability plan, which affects ex-players that apply for Social Security disability insurance payments before January 1st, 2015. So he's going after the language on the disability and show the language added after players approve. Oh, posted screenshots showing that the language added after players approved the deal. The characterizes the changes made as a cross-reference between the CBA and a disability plan. That the revisions reflects no substantive, no substantive difference whatsoever. I can't read today, man. Yeah, you know what? I've already lost interest. But basically, he wasn't happy with the deal and. He said a revote seems like the only logical answer, which isn't going to happen. Demands the invalidation. Yeah, it's perplexing and concerning. You know what? I read this and I thought it was interesting. And it's just another guy complaining about some language. They're not going to change the goddamn thing. Someone always is going to try to rock the boat. It's not going to happen. Deal with it. Move on. End of story. Now, this is kind of sad. So it was eye-opening when they shut the NBA down, then baseball. Everything has been a falling domino. If it gets to the point where there's no fans of the games, I don't know. This was this was a this was a Giants fan. They call him the. Um, they call him the. Shit! What do they call him? Oh, he's the uh, license plate man. You know, he said it was eye-opening when they shut the NBA down, then baseball. Everything has been a falling domino. If it gets to the point where there's no fans of the games, I don't know. I'd be crushed. 
He hasn't been to a he hasn't been home to watch a game since 2000. This guy's a teacher in Yonkers, so I guess teachers make a lot of money. Because I don't know how you can afford to go every giant home game. Those are expensive tickets. I'd have to make sure my kids are safe, and if that's what the dream, if that's what they deem necessary, that's what we'd have to do. No fans at training camp too, which what they were talking about. We just don't know. We really can't. Because they ask every person, well, what do you think is going to happen? When do you think this is going to Nobody knows. So stop asking the stupid fucking question because nobody knows when this thing's going to end until we know, since there's no vaccin- vaccination to fix this thing, you know, it's kind of like enough. And it's interesting because there's another guy who they call the Scarecrow guy who's a, um, a, a, a Browns fan. And he was the one who was talking about this, how, you know, they just think there's going to be a training camp. A lot of them say there's not going to be any fans at training camp. I guess we're going to see how that's going to work out. And then there's a guy they were talking about that the Jets, the Giants can pick up, Pete Guerrero. He uh, led the FCS and set a mama's single-season record with 1,995 yards rushing as a junior. He made the stats reform FCS All-American first team and tied for third in the voting for the Walter Payton Award, which honors National Offensive Player of the Year. He said, this has been a dream of mine since I was a child, and I look forward to what, for what's to come. He's 5'10", five, five, 190. Just under 4,000 yards rushing and scored 39 touchdowns across three seasons. Also, an excellent pass catcher out of the backfield. He entered Monmouth as a track, track winner in 2016 and didn't join the football team for the following year. He helped the Hawks win the Big South title in a playoff game for the first time when they went 11-3 this year. He ran for a 220 in their first playoff game and then ran for 101 against James Madison, who lost in the championship game to North Dakota State. His coach says, Kevin Callahan says, great vision. He allows things to develop in front of him, and once he sees a crease, he has the acceleration, explosive speed to get through the line of scrimmage and get to the second and third levels. So he did apply for the draft. Yeah, he's he's uh. I looked up his stats for last season. Holy shit! So he ran for a hundred and one yard, hundred seven yards. In the, they lost 66-21 to J- James Madison in the second round of the playoffs. First round, they beat Holy Cross 44-27. He had 31 carries, 220, and three touchdowns along to 68. Also, he had one catch. So for the season, he had uh, 1995 res- uh, on the ground, 336 in receptions, 20 total touchdowns. He had one, two, three, four, four 200-yard games this year. And he had, so games over 100 yards. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, Seven, eight, nine. Nine. Nine of his 14 games. And I'm looking at his, his worst game of the season. Oh, he had 47 yards against Montana. But other than that, he he had some pretty freaking, some good games. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, I hope it works out. I really do. I hope he ends up having a good pro career. And you know, I was talking yesterday about the Premier League going to play their games somewhere where all the games, they, they go to one one um, area and play all the games, like a World Cup-like isolated camp this summer for the Premier League. That's what the Premier League's thinking about doing. You know, would ferry players to his as-yet-undisclosed area far from densely populated urban centers, have them play a bunch of games of their own, give us all something to watch other than our terrifying social media feeds. It could be a TV mega event. 
The British lawmakers apparently like the idea of the population and growth in the na national sport, especially in the event that lockdowns measured are tightened or extended. And Rhonda was telling me today that Mark Cuban says we need sports. I agree. We need sports. We need something. We, we don't hear the president talking and Cuomo talking. And every day, you know, listen, I'm sorry people are dying, but it's like it's and people giving you don't wear the mask. Wear the mask. Talking, breathing can cause it. This, I mean, it's like, Jesus. I mean, my buddy's sick and he's still not 100%. And he says he's still weak. And he's still, nine, 10 days after the fact, he still can't taste or smell. And that's fucking scary, in my opinion. And Mike Florio of Football, Football Talk said, uh, playing photo to NFL general manager would involve the league finding a location literally in the middle of nowhere and have every NFL team both live and play there for however long it takes to complete a season. The NFL takes all teams to location free from coronavirus, tests everyone on the way in, and then sequesters the entire league for the full duration of the season. You'd have to build in enough fields to play the various games on a given Sunday and Saturday if college football doesn't happen, and enough rooms to house the players, coaches, trainings, broadcasters, etc. for 70 weeks, 17 weeks of football and four weeks of the postseason. You know, remember that, that show called The Dome? Or The Simpsons, they put a dome over uh, Springfield? That's what they do. They could also, you know, maybe add a football facility to Greenbrier in West Virginia, which currently has 710 rooms. That could be a possibility. And have to be built, built quickly. If college football can't be played, and if the NFL takes over each and every weekend from the, week, from the weekend after Labor Day through the Super Bowl, that'd be freaking crazy, right? Players, coaches, broadcasters, executive, camera people, caterers, hotel people, media, security, healthcare professionals. You need doctors, dentists. Everybody. So it'd be like its own little place. You have to have probably 15 football fields. Plus you need practice fields. It'd be crazy. And be away from your families for five months. In the hills of West Virginia. You, nobody go fucking crazy, right? And then if one player got sick, yeah, there'd also be biodome fever. You'd have to worry about that. Yeah, what if one of the players, you know, sneaks out to see a girlfriend one night? It sounds very appealing. Would it ever happen? I know. But the, even that they're, they're, they're thinking about it. It's kind of interesting in my book. I just thought it was, you know, it's interesting. And then uh, I was reading about college athletic directors are reported considering a number of options for holding a football season and dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. Brett McMurphy of Stadium reported that of the 112 football bowl subdivision athletic directors surveyed, some programs have considered such options as breaking up the 12 regular season games throughout the fall and spring semesters, holding a college football playoff in May or possibly June, conducting a nine-game regular season or just having student-athletes but not the student bodies at large return to school. So, I don't know. If we have to delay the start of the season, we could split it between two semesters, a power of 5 AD said. Some bowls may occur because it may not occur because of this, but we could play a full season in a majority of the bowls and the playoffs. McMurphy called starting the season in January or February and extending it past the NFL draft the last gas possibility. It could happen. However, he added that it would at least increase the chances of holding the games in front of fans and allowing the schools and athletic departments to make some of the revenue they are so reliant on every year. As for the potential of playing games in front of empty stadiums where only student-athletes will return to campus, McMurphy called it easily the most polarizing contingency plan. One AD said there's absolutely no way my president would allow something like this to occur. If there's any silver lining for this college football world, it does have some time to make a decision before the full season and so much uncertainty. That is something leagues such as the NBA, NHL, MLB, and MLS did not have at their disposal when they elected to suspend their current season. They have time to deal with this. 
Also, college football also features games at cathedral-like stadiums, some of which hold more than 100,000 fans. The sheer amount of people on campuses for games that goes beyond just the crowds with cards rosters, large coaching staffs, television broadcasters, radio equipment, security, and tailgaters, among others, would represent a significant challenge given the public health situation in place. And now athletic directors are discussing a number of options because they have no fucking clue. It's a way for further developments. But it's just interesting. You know, you know, put them, put them on a deserted island. Fly them all into a deserted island. Build the stadium. I mean, they have to start doing it now, but I thought I like the idea of a dome. You know, like the future world. You know, like Westworld or something like that. And put them all there. You know, like, you know, like, uh, like the, you know, in the draft situation. So, Sid City will get number one pick two years in a row. They'll build the dynasty that'll be like the Penguins. And now all this stuff. I mean, they're all, you know, everybody's talking out of their, talking out of their asses. But it's interesting to hear about. And yes, we all miss sports. We all miss sports terribly. I miss sports terribly. I need something. I'm not going to watch NBA 2K. It's not happening. Oh, and the Bucks are bringing back Blaine Gabbert, who is a fantastic quarterback. They brought him back, and please, leave him. Yeah, it's good. I was talking to Rock. Rock says, why are you not wearing a mask? I said I was told not to. It's not a big thing. So much stuff. I know. I'm... And so, Joey Bumbles, I hope you're happy that now you know the story behind the story of the donger. Harris sent me some funny shit yesterday, too. Tua says he's 100% can play today if needed, but you won't be able to play today. But good to know. Yeah. Good stuff. Nick's eyeing Elton Brand is to be the candidate for the next GM position. guy's name is Wood. Yeah, Eric Reed. You know, it seemed interesting at the time, and then I got to sneeze again. I apologize for this, but... <coughs> Good God. Oh, so somebody put this up. If you, if you don't come out of this quarantine with a new skill, your side hustle started, more knowledge, you never lack time, you lack discipline. Now, do you agree with that? Side hustle? I don't know. What's your side hustle? I, yeah, side hustle means... Sounds like something highly illegal, in my opinion. I think there's a lot of pollen out there today, you know? Whew. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, yeah, more knowledge, a new skill. My father wanted to learn... I forgot my father told me what the... He told my mom he wanted to do... I think there's a lot of ideas. So the 2020 Open Championship will be canceled first time since British Open. It was going to be at Royal St. George's Club first time since 2011. First time has been played since 1945 because of World War II, according to Golf Digest. You know what? I think there was a lot of a lot of pollen out there because, woo. And Gummo Chef, you like this one? The Saints will hold their 2020 draft headquarters at a brewery. They're going to do it at the Dixie Brewing Company, which belongs to team owner Gail Benson, and is located 50 miles away from the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Yeah. Why is there, why is, why is this? I get this stuff on my phone. I'm like, what is Oh, it's gaming? Oh. <coughs> oh, it's a game, yeah. Out of, out of, out of my jurisdiction. So, yeah, they're going to be the brewery. I like that. 
It opened in January was located in New Orleans East neighborhood was an ideal spot because it currently is closed to the public due to the pandemic and also located away from any high traffic area. No one else is bus there. We have our board set up. We have seven monitors. This is where we're going to be. This is where we're planning on setting up shop for the draft, and we're, go we're operating accordingly. They'll be limited to just six or seven people in the boardroom. Employees will have the temperatures taken before entering the war room and just practice safe social distancing guidelines. I like it. The NFL said we reevaluate re whether to reopen the team facilities next week after meeting with medical experts and health officials. Yeah, I like that idea. You know, listen, a brewery, nobody's there. It's not around people, and uh, that's all a good thing. And Alden Smith, the Cowboys signed, who is, hasn't played in the league in four years. Bills are reportedly worth $4 million. He's clean and sober, but he's had a lot of fucking problems. A lot of problems. Last appeared in the 2015 as a member of the Raiders. Appeared in nine games, seven starts, three and a half sacks. He received a one-year suspension from the league for violating the NFL's policy and sub program, policy and program for substance Substances of abuse. He, he'd been with the Niners, came to an end after he was charged with a hit-and-run DUI and vandalism. I didn't think he'd play again. Oh, he got a domestic violence investigation in February 2017. Again in March 2018, related to a police search. In June 2019, he was arrested on suspicion of DUI after he initially stopped on a traffic violation and then arrested. He was a first-team All-Pro selection of Pro Bowl in 2012. His second season in the league, he recorded 33 and a half sacks his first two years, the most in league history for a player in his first two seasons, which was a trivia question on a previous show. I'm almost positive of that fact. But listen, a lot of baggage. And they got that other guy. Uh, who's that guy? Oh, man, I'm trying to think. Uh, Cowboy first round. Was he a first-round draft pick? I thought they drafted that kid. Maybe he wasn't a first-round draft pick. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> kid out of Nebraska. I'm thinking of... I'm just blanking. I'm blanking on... Uh, Owen, oh, Ed Orgeron files for divorce from wife. Come on, told me after 23 years. I don't know what the fuck happened. He was loving him during the game. Wow. Three sons. One from his first marriage and two from his second. And one of the kids is an offensive analyst on Orgeron staff. And Cody will be a returning starting quarterback as a, this season as senior, while Parker is a former receiver at the McNeese, was a student assistant last season. He wants exclusive use and occupancy of the couple's new home in Baton Rouge while he has no objection to Kelly having exclusive occupancy of their home in Mandeville until community property is settled by agreement or by a judge. I wonder what happened. Yeah. I don't know. They seem pretty happy in that freaking picture. Now I'm like... Oh, and a former LSU and Broncos wide receiver, Orlando McDaniel, dies of dies of 59. Passed away Friday after visiting his family in D.C. recently. Sucks. Sucks. Yeah, Rhonda's, yeah, I love you too, Rhonda. 
but all yeah, I I'm trying to think of uh, Cowboys. Cowboy players suspended from a Cowboy player suspended. Hang on, let me think. Ra yeah, Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory. That he got a he, he and now he's trying to he's trying to get reinstated this season. He had his career at six sacks, two thousand eighteen after pre missing the previous season. Yeah, unbelievable. But they knew in college he had problems. Just yeah, I, I don't know if I take a chance on on Smith. I mean, I feel like he's like a little bit of a headache, a lot of headache. But what do I know? I'm not running the team, right? And Lennox Lewis said the toughest opponent, not to be accused with toughest fight, which was, he said, Ray Mercer, was freaking Holyfield, who he said dominated, started boxing eight, and with an Olympic bronze medalist in 84, moved up the, moved up the cruiserweight, where he was undisputed champion, arguably the best ever in that weight class. And he said those two fights, he said he went both, distance with them both times, but he said he can't stress the importance of amateur experience, which the, both of them had a lot of. He said, consider the amateurs you know, as an internship into the pros, the more you learn about your craft, the better it will serve you. But very interesting. He said that was his toughest opponent, not toughest fight. It's nice that he gave props like that. And then somebody put in one of the papers, he was doing all these um, transactions, using like, uh, named Sonny Weaver Jr. General Manager, and I think that was from the, uh, actually I don't remember saying, but the funny thing was July 4th, uh, Philadelphia on HBO, uh, Robert Rocky Balboa versus Apollo Creed for Creed's heavyweight title. There was a lot of funny things he put up. It was John L. Pitt, sports writer for the uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, Northeast Mississippi Daily. It was an April Fool's joke, but he had uh, from Crash Davis to Sid Vinch to Hogwarts and back again. It was, it was pretty funny. Yeah, they signed the Indians signed Jake Taylor, catcher Jake Taylor, right-hand pitcher Ricky Vaughn, third baseman Robert Roger Dorn, outfielder Willie Mays Hayes, outfielder Pedro Serrano, starting pitcher Eddie Harris, one-year contract, and they named Lou Brown manager. The uh, New York Knights signed outfielder Roy Hobbs. The Mets signed second baseman Chico Escuela and starting pitcher Sid Finch. Remember, they did a whole thing at Sporto Show at Sid Finch. And the Tampa Bay Rays called up starting pitcher Ebby Calvin La, uh, Lalouche from Triple A uh, Durham. That was the movie uh, Bull Durham. It was funny. It's some funny stuff in there. You know, make it a little lighthearted. Oh, and Santa Live character was Chico Escuela. Rocky. I like that one. Rocky against Apollo Creed on July 4th. Oh, and he put the funniest one was he put Coach of Milan High School and Hoosiers, Normandale, getting fired from favorite college. Which was the, uh, he said, how funny would it have been if you were the basketball coach of the college at Animal House? <coughs> I thought that was funny. Maybe just to me, I thought it was funny. Sometimes you need, we, need, we all need to lighten up, right? We all need to lighten up. We get, we're a little too uh, uptight, don't you think? I think we're all a little uptight. So it's good to laugh a little bit. And so the Jets haven't drafted a running back. 2009. Last productive back they've drafted, and he was taken in 2011. 
So Sean Green was the last lead back taken out of Iowa in 2008. And he had he had two 1,000-yard seasons back-to-back, went to the Titans, and was out of the league. Like, didn't do it. I'm always amazed these guys have great seasons and poof, they're gone. And he's talking about his offensive line, too, being like, you know, like, oh, the offensive line. I don't he, he, that he, They're more team players. He goes, he thinks they'll work as a cohesive unit. He doesn't want, he didn't want to deal with head cases, but I guess we'll see. He goes, I feel good. We talked about his offensive line of Fant, George Fant, tackle George Fant, guard Greg Van Rodden, center Connor McGovern, and brought back Alex Lewis. None are stars, but Douglas, Douglas hopes they can protect. They better protect Sam Darnold. He said, emphasize their ability to play multiple positions and said the best five will play. I feel good about the football instincts, the versatility, the toughest, and that we brought in that group. And he thinks uh, that, that guy he brought in from uh, Tampa Bay, Perriman, Bregenin Perriman, thinks he's going to do a good job. Now, I didn't, Justin Turner said that instead of playing 17 innings, you get at one extra inning, you play the 10th inning, and if no one scores, then you go to a home run derby. Well, who picks the guys? I was like, so wait, you pick two guys? And I want to get this. Gene Loon Yang did a thing called Dragon Hoops, a graphic novel about basketball. That I want to read. That I'm reading. I was very excited. And I need to, I, I want to do Scooby-Doo. I want to watch Scooby-Doo meets the Harlem Globetrotters in 72. I'm going to find that. It's probably on YouTube. They were also on... The White Shadow and the Love Boat, and a made-for-TV movie with the with the uh, Gilligan's Island, which I definitely want to see. So I'm going to look for all this stuff. Yeah, Joe Bumble sends me the most great videos in Italian. They're just wonderful videos. Yeah, and I passed the restaurant that D used to work at, my friend Daryl, that we shot movie money at, and Daniel Flosky said. Cam Newton's biggest problem is that he inability to throw the ball downfield. And he's reading this, and we'll see. Cam Newton will tell Dan Ovlosky that I did it. So Henry signs a Decker Henry signs a, fr- a franchise tender for 10.2 million. Both sides committed to working on a long-term deal. We'll see how that works out. Top Gun pushed back to Christmas. I sent it to Harris. He's not going to be happy about that. Not going to be happy at all. And how the fuck does Lamelo Ball? The team he played for in Australia, he bought the team. That's what I was like. How does Lamelo Ball afford? That's what I wanted to look at. How did he? Uh... Oh, John Malcamp's no longer dating Meg Ryan. He's dating beauty expert Nurse Jamie. She goes by that, huh? Yeah, I don't know how Lamelo Ball could buy a freaking. Oh, and uh, Tom Brady bought is living now in Derek Jeter's house in Florida what is is renting his mansion yeah, since he can rely on coach comfortable with the game tape on Joe Burrow he cannot see the quarterback though but I think I think we're all seeing what he could do yeah I don't know how LaMelo Ball where where's he getting the money he played 12 games before he suffered a season ending foot injury averaged 17.7 rebounds and 7 assists a night and I'll turn his attention to the 2020 NBA draft where do you get the fucking money to buy a team? I'm doing something wrong. That's all I got to tell I'm doing something wrong. On that front. Whew. That pollen is out of control. And I walked a lot today. My feet are freaking killing me. All right, folks. We've got some trivia questions. Let's get to some trivia questions. And that's all. That's all, that's all she wrote for today. All right. Glad I could help out. Linda, Rhonda, 
could give the origin of the meme that Joey Bumble sends to me. All good stuff. Okay, last show's trivia question. What 5'11 quarterback has the most touchdown passes? Russell Wilson with 227 at the end of this past season. So Russell Wilson, most touchdown passes from a 5'11 quarterback. Today's trivia question. Who is the most 35-plus point games in Raptors playoff history? Who is the most 35-plus point games in Raptors playoff history? Set on my left to rock. James, Big A, LG. Who else? Who else am I thinking about? Gumbo Chef, thanks for the workout today. Always a lot of fun. Harris, I talked to Evan. My cousin Joel, I've been sending to. Hal always sends me good stuff. He brought up uh, his owner saying he is uh, exonerated from uh, being brought up on charges since the. Uh, he was cleared of all charges by the Major League Baseball, so no one else can go after him. I said, that's yesterday's news, my friend. How? That's yesterday's news. Have a good day, folks. Uh, that's all I got. Peace out.